What number is this, Jim? Zilch 121. Glenn Gretland and Ian Lee from 7A Records talk First National Band Redux. Mickey Out of This World. Davey and Rainbows. And so much more! <laughs> okay, don't, mean, don't get excited, man. It's because I'm short, I know. You're listening to Zilch, a monkey's podcast. Hit record. Welcome back to Zilch, your podcast full of monkeys. Today, we have two really cool monkeys fans, two cool entrepreneurs, the creators of the excellent, what do you want to call yourself, entertainment group? Um, just We're just the heads of Friday Music. <laughs> That's the other guy. No. Those are the other we people. Are- we are the CEOs. I like that term. CEOs of 7A Records. Yes, from 7A Records, welcome. <laughs> Glenn Gretlin and Ian Lee. Hey, hey. hey Ken. Thank you nice for having us. Board. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure. Big shout out to the Zilch Massive. And that's to try and get younger people involved. The Zilch Massive. That's right. <laughs> uh that's hilarious now ian the last time we talked to you it was before you went into the jungle yeah i went uh for those uh um, americans who don't know the show and for those british people who have taste uh when ken says the jungle i went on a, a very silly television show called i'm a celebrity get me out of here i had to go and live in the jungle for three weeks and hang out with an interesting mix of people and I ate, and this isn't me being vulgar, and you may want to bleep this. I don't know your rules, but I ate a pig's vagina. So, yeah. Someone it, had to. Someone had to, man. It was a strange old show, and um, I did <laughs> um, partly because, um, hey, look, they pay well, and I need to eat. Uh, but also because my, my two little boys who are eight and six, I, I used to be on TV over in the UK a long time ago, um, and they'd never really seen anything. And I thought it would be nice for them to see their daddy, you know, jumping off a hundred foot ledge and being, co- you get covered in spiders and ants and cockroaches and things like that. And, um, and they loved it. So yeah, that was an experience. Yeah. For, for those of you who, who have never seen the show or aren't aware of what it's like, well, primarily the, uh, those of us in the good old U S of a, we, uh, it, it, it's kind of like a cross between big brother and fear factor. Yeah. Because oh yeah, that's perfect description. Meet Survivor. Yeah. All I know is when you reach for that star or whatever, and you mm-hmm. fell, you know what I'm talking about? I, I, mate, I'm never gonna forget that. Yeah, I was a hundred. Listen, they make you do challenges, okay, right. to win food for the camp, and um, I had made the mistake of saying on the show, I'm really scared of heights. I hate heights. So of course, I got voted to do a challenge that was a hundred feet up in the air. And I was on this very, I mean, it looks ridiculous, but I'm on this very slow moving rocket that's kind of going across this canyon, 100 feet. 
and um, I'm having to get all these stars that are underneath the rocket and the, um, the spiders are jumping out and all of that. And that was fine. I hated it, but I managed to do it. And then right at the end, to get the final two stars, there's a big giant star some way away from the end of the rocket. And they told me that I had to jump and grab the star and I would be suspended there. And then you know, I was strapped on, I'm safe. I would be suspended there and someone would then come and get me. And so I'm stood at the edge of the ledge and I said, if I grab this, I'm, I'm not going to fall, am I? And they said, no, 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 you will stay suspended in midair. We will wheel, we'll reel you back in. So I jumped and uh, what a surprise. Um, I started plummeting to the floor because it, uh, it, it wasn't suspended. I was on a bungee rope and no one told me I was on a bungee rope. And so I'm falling to the floor, um, 100 feet, thinking, oh, this has gone wrong, and I'm going to die. And as I got about, fell about 80, 90 feet, and then I bounced back up again. I realized I'd been stitched up, and uh, I was not in, a, not in a good mood. It was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. Well, but, but I, that, I, was, I, I was sitting at home watching it on my TV, and I thought, you know, I, I found it quite entertaining, to be honest. Oh, thanks a lot. My kids, <laughs> kids know that I'm scared of heights, and they didn't think I was going to do it. And when I did it, apparently they were jumping around the house shouting. So, um, I, you know, I'm glad I did it, but um, man alive. Well, I was sitting at my desk chair here uh, where I work, and it was just, oh, my God. Did you see it, Ken? Yes, I, I was gobsmacked, is to say the yeah. the phrase. But that and uh, Glenn kept me updated on things as things went on, and a, a lot of us on Zilch followed your adventures, so it was very interesting. Hey, that's very kind. Hey, just go off on a slight but but almost related tangent. Literally this very second, I've just had an email from Colin Molding. Do you know that name, Ken? Sounds very familiar. He is the other um, one um, of those three of them, actually. He's the other, he's the bass player from XTC, the bass player from XTC, and um, he's just invited me round to his house on Friday. So there we go. It's 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 good to have friends. It's that's that's exciting. They've got some <laughs> new. Um, he's doing a, uh, an act with um, Terry Chambers from XTC called TC and I, and they've got a new record out, and they're playing a few gigs. And um, I'm going to go around and inter interview him. So that's lovely. Anyway, Nesmith monkeys, Nesmith. Yes, well, hook me up as well because I'll promote them over here. So Will you do. know, uh, it was it was cool to interview Andrew Partridge. By the way, that was a bit of a thrill for me. I know he's I, I he's the he's a really great guy. Yeah, a gas and funny and sharp and and loves the monkeys, you know. I've heard, because um, I, I think we can say this now, that y there was going to be another Monkeys album after um, um, Good Times. Uh -huh. And uh, it, it got quite far. And he was uh, it was going to be a Christmas album. And he was asked to write some Christmas songs for the monkeys. And he was thrilled, and he phoned me up one night and said, have you got a bit of time? I said, yeah. He said, open your laptop. And he'd written seven Christmas songs for the monkeys, and he sent me all seven and stayed on the phone while I listened to them and asked me what I thought about them. So that was a thrill. But for, for whatever reason, for various reasons, I think, uh, the record didn't happen. So I don't know how far down the line it got. Who knows? Someday maybe, right? Someday, man. Someday. You never know with these guys.
it would be great to have that as a record and great to have that on CD. But there's some other cool things on CD and record that are coming out from 7A. Have you guys ever heard of 7A? Yeah, yes, I have. They are hardworking uh, lads that want to do the best they can. <laughs> <laughs> and we happen to have the CEOs here, Glenn and Ian, and we are so glad you've got another fantastic release coming out. And the last time you were on here, we, we talked about a few things, but you've done some stuff since then. So I want to kind of talk about the new FMB Redux album. And I also want to talk about some other stuff that you guys are doing and maybe what you have coming up. Sound good? Sounds like yeah, a plan, yeah. Stan. Sounds good. Now, we recently had Christian Nesmith on the show, the producer of the first National Band Redux album, Live at the Troubadour, with Michael Nesmith. What a lovely, talented man. He really is absolutely brilliant. And um, we, I'm, I'm saluting him. He's, he's such a good guy. Love Christian. I've had some good chats with him on the phone. Not for a while, actually. A lot of emails. And just super, super talented. I'll tell you what, the, the, passion, the passion that he's had for this album shines through all the way. I've had many conversations with him on my way home on the train uh, and what do you think about this and that and it just shows that he was really keen to make this the best possible album and um, and hopefully people will agree that it has come out really well. We were lucky enough to get some advanced copies here at Zilch headquarters and the album is just amazing. It is one of the best things that I could ever have hoped to have heard come out. And it's amazing that it's coming out in 2018. And let's take a listen to what Michael Nesmith has to say about this release himself. Redux is 50 years after the first First National Band. And it is the First National Band with new players, people who come up who can play better than we could ever play. And this new album that we've just made, Redux, is the best album I've ever made. And the players are just amazing to work with. And you listen to it, I've never been happier with a record and never been more proud and, and happy to get it out in front of people and to take it and give it to people. It's, it's a, right now, I'm at the, it's at the top of my form. This is the best I can do. So if I die now, that was it, guys. <laughs> That's got to be quite a compliment when you hear that coming from Nez himself. What do you guys think about that? Well, you couldn't get a higher compliment. I mean, that, that was just amazing. I, I really, I never... I never expected anything like that, but I, I know what he means. I think it sounds absolutely amazing. And um, he's got some great players there in the band, some great musicians. The thing is, it's very little to do with us. We facilitated it in as much as we reached out to, to Nez and said, look, you're doing this. We'd love to put it out. We, we kind of arranged a deal. Christian was, was happy to get involved. and work. We've not done anything. We, we have facilitated the making of this record. I mean, it's all down to, to, to Michael and uh, the amazing band, who are incredible, man. It's kind of like country soul when you've got the fantastic um, uh, backing singers. Just, just you know, hearing... Um, female backing singers on these songs just takes it somewhere different. Nez is in, you know, what, what is he? Seventy six, I think. He's in, in incredible voice. The there's pedal steel guitar. I mean, you know, no one's going to be as good as Red Rhodes. That's just not possible because that guy was a genius. What he could do with his fingers and his knees. Um, 
but but the, the sound you get on that album is is is, is, is as close as you're well, going to get. Pete, uh, Pete Finney, the new the new that's, steel guitar player, is, is absolutely amazing. Well, he's um, has a slightly different style to Red Roads, but yeah. really gives those songs uh, an extra kick. And Christian as producer, you know, it's not as easy to record a live concert as you just set up some microphones and tape. You've got to mix it. You've got to, I mean, there's not much studio trickery on there. I think he said himself, you know, that he's, he had to take a piano part from another show and maybe redo a little bit of guitar in one of the songs and maybe a couple of the vocals were punched up, but, but that's it. Well, one of, the, uh, one of the, the key decisions we had to make fairly early on was uh, because the whole, tour, the whole tour was recorded. Christian recorded the whole thing. And we then had to decide, uh, and Nes had to decide, do we do we take like the best off, the best of the tour, or do we just take one concert, just go for one gig? And we 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 all sort of thought Troubadour, and 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 when they came back after that show and they said how it went and how the audience loved the show, and and how the, the band just really cooked that night, they we decided to to go for live at a troubadour and also it's an iconic venue you know it's famous over here in the uk and uh, uh, it, it's it's a world famous venue so to have an album and also it's it's historic importance in nesmith's own career and own life story you know if you've listened to the infinite or read sorry read the infinite tuesday book you, you'll know how important that venue is to him at several points in his life so to capture a live performance from that is um it, it it's great um it is probably, I, I see, I don't want to say this and make it make the other releases we've done, I don't want to dismiss them. This is the best thing we've ever put out. And, and if you'd have told 15-year-old me, hey, man, in, in 30 years' time, you're going to be putting out one, one of, if not Michael Nesmith's best album on your own record label, I wouldn't have believed that, you know, but this is incredible. It's, it, it sounds stunning. Again, just to finish the point I was saying, Christian has done a brilliant job of, of taking that raw recording and making it sound like a warm, lush, rich, it sounds like a live concert album from the 70s. You know, it's got a very, very full sound. Um, it's a great package. Scott Balcony of Balcony Shirts in the UK has done the cover. And, you know, when we asked him, he was like, I've been waiting for a Nesmith album to do. And he spent longer on this cover than he's ever done. We showed it to Nez who said, I love it. Could you hide this? I mean, this is Nesmith's humor. Could you hide a few pot leaves in there, please? So if you look, there's a little <laughs> Easter egg. There are a few pot leaves hidden on the cover. Um, Glenn and I decided to get the cover embossed, which again, you know, that actually costs quite a lot of money per copy, but it's just such an historic document. We wanted to pull out all the stops on this and give something that you could listen to, you could look at, you could feel that you would just get something from on every possible level. We wanted to do a scratch and sniff thing, but that turned out that that was really, <laughs> really tricky. So we decided against that. Might have gotten you high. But, but yeah, exactly. That was, that was the scent we wanted to go for. Turns out getting um, a, a grass... Uh, scratch and sniff is tricky on a vinyl, and also I know that some people might be offended. So, uh, so we, we we didn't do that. It has to be surreal to be getting emails from Michael Nesmith and to be working with him on this. It, it's just got to be so surreal. Walk me through that. I get that feeling every time I get an email from Mickey or or Michael. It just feels surreal. 
I mean, it's uh, we we are as big biggest fans as anybody else, and uh, to, to to get emails and correspondence and actually be releasing the albums, it's just a fantastic feeling. We've got the signed contract. We have the signed contract. It is framed. Um, we take it in turns to look after it. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's the coolest thing. Nez is very very. Um, economical with his words in his emails <laughs> you, know, you don't get long sprawling emails um from michael they're very direct and very straight to the point um and it, it, i mean it's 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 been a thrill and we've been also kind of talking to christian and talking to cersei and they're also thrilled that this is happening they're also thrilled that michael and the band sound as good as they do and it's nice i tell you what it's done I think for Michael, it, it, from my perspective, is it's reminded people of those brilliant first few first national band records yes. that, yeah. that did get overlooked, that were brilliant and for some reason sold zilch. And um, there's been, I don't know what the view has been over in the States, but there's, there has always been quite a bit of respect in the UK for those albums. They'll often pop up in, in magazines like Mojo or Uncut or Cure's, you know, lost records from the 70s you must hear. And I think that those concerts that he did and will be doing later in the year and this album, um, I think he might finally get the recognition as the innovator, the musical innovator and the, the, the great singer and songwriter that we as Nesmith fans, as Monkey fans, as whatever, as we've always known. But, you know, people still think of him as that crazy guy with the sideburns and the green hat, you know, and um, when, when obviously that was that was 18 months of his career. There's, there's a lot more depth to it. And I think this record really highlights that. I'll tell you, we are, we are kind of vicariously living through you. You know what I mean? The fact that you get to work with the guys like you do. Do you know what I'm saying, Ian? Yeah, I do. I mean, it is, um, imagine getting an email from Michael Nesmith pop up in your inbox or uh, I still or get panicked. Or... Well, Glenn is better than Glenn knows. I hate phone calls. And every now and then we'll get an email from Glenn just saying, Hey guys, give me a call. And um, I'll be going, I can't do it. I don't like phones at the best of times. So I always get Glenn to do the phone calls. <laughs> it's just amazing. Now, you, you talk about the importance of the troubadour, and it looms large in Michael Nesmith's legend. Uh, this, this album is just stunning, both to see in its various incarnations. It's, it's just stunning to see the packages. And, and they're both different. There's two distinct versions that you can buy of Live at the Troubadour with Michael Nesmith and the First National Band Redux. There is one on vinyl, and I'd like you to walk through that with us. Just kind of lay everything out. Um, Glenn, do you want to do that? No, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, so what we've got is we got first the vinyl. It's a double LP in a gateful sleeve. And it's on 180 gram gold vinyl. And the, the cover of the gateful sleeve has been embossed and it's got gold on there as well. And it's got the, uh, the, the vinyl has got the, uh, the bonus track Rio, which cannot be found anywhere else. It's, it's, uh, we only got rights for the vinyl, so it's only going to be available in that format. And then when you open the gateful sleeve, you got a, um, an essay, liner notes written by Michael Nesmith himself across the pages and you got the all the recording information and the band information and previously unseen pictures 
And just to clarify, because there has been some confusion, you don't get no booklet with the vinyl, guys, because it would have just cost way too much to have, have done a 16-page booklet with the vinyl. And there's been some confusion, and I'm going to put my hands up. I'm going to take full responsibility for that. I wrote um, a, a press release, and um, I, I should have got someone to proofread it. And uh, to me, it was clear and it was obvious the booklet only came with the CD. But I can see how some people might be confused. So let's just clarify this. Let's get this out there. Peace and love. There is no booklet with um, the uh, with the vinyl, but all of the text that is contained within the CD booklet is actually on the vinyl gatefold sleeve. So you are losing nothing. And 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 many of the uh, photos that are also in the the booklet. N not all of them, Ken, uh, because obviously you can't fit everything in there, but. Uh, you got you certainly got all of Michael's sleeve note, and you got uh, some of the same photos. Obviously, in a much bigger size because it's it's an LP size. So that's excellent. That's fantastic. I, I know that every time somebody gets one of these and throws it on their platter, you know, their their record player, it's amazing to see that lush gold color. It's it's a it's such a pretty thing. You, you're as a collector, you're gonna want to buy two: one to open and play, and one just to keep or maybe get framed, right? That, that's something that's not actually that easy for the uh, the manufacturing plant to to do the gold vinyl. And you have seen examples in the past of uh, gold vinyl, or, or they're supposed to be gold coming out as orange and colors like that. And so I was a bit nervous when I opened the um, the vinyl for the first time. But thankfully, I think um, hopefully you'll agree it does look gold. It absolutely does. It's it's so beautiful, and I know that. Uh, it's it's definitely going to fly off the the shelf now there is the cd version as well could you talk about that cd uh this one does this is a it's a single cd it does come with a 16 page booklet again the same text written by nesmith uh it's got loads of great pictures in um it doesn't have rio but it, it kicks ass and there's reason you know people are saying hey this is just a trick to get us to buy both well you know what yeah, it it kind of is. You know, we want both formats to sell. Um, it, it was also a rights thing. We we couldn't get the rights for it to go on the CD. And you know, you, let's uh, without revealing too much. I think we're lucky we've got Rio on any of them because the, the, at one point it was just going to be first national band songs, and there was some, some discussion as to whether Rio would be appropriate on there. So I think having Rio out there it, it, on, on one format is is better than not having it at all. And um, it is it's sound. I mean, I, I got the, the kind of, you know, the, the, the mix. Glenn sent me the mix via Wii Transfer, and I burnt it onto a CD. And when I put it in the car, just that, that introduction, ladies and gentlemen, the first national band, ladies and gentlemen, Michael Nesbitt. Just that it, it sounds, I, I, I keep saying it sounds like a 70s live album. And, and it's hard to put into words, but there is a richness there is a lushness, there is a, a, a fullness of sound that I don't that I think you got in seventies live albums that you don't get so much now. And again, this comes down to the band being shit hot. And Christian, you know, and we know Christian's a big fan of seventies music, um, but but really just making it sound like you are in that room, man, and it rocks. And what's your favorite track on there? It's almost impossible to say. Like the, the epicness of the Grand Ennui is just amazing. Yeah. We should play that right now. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. do it, do it, yeah. do it. Yeah. 
Christian really stands out on guitar on that one, for sure. I think the whole band on that one is just absolutely superb. Uh, That's fil- that song sounds filthy. It sounds like a really filthy rock. It's always been one of my favorite uh, Nesmith songs, you know, just uh, it, the, and the lyrics, man, are so bleak. You know, what is life about? I'm running from the, uh, the grand ennui, you know, it's bleak. And that just turns it into a filthy little rocker. I love it, love it. Were there any challenges as far as getting this this made? Uh, money. For those who don't know, um, Glenn and I do this because we are Monkeys fans. This isn't our job. I, I'm a radio presenter and a broadcaster and a dad. Uh, and Glenn's a dad, and Glenn works for with a, in a different record company as his full time job. So this is I don't want to say hobby, but this is what we do in between. Um, you know, our real jobs. And it started off with a with a, a couple of thousand pounds each, you know, going into a joint account and that funded the first thing. And every penny we make from a release goes straight back into the 7A account. We never see it. We never touch it. Neither of us have ever drawn out money, you know, for our to go and buy a pair of shoes or buy a lunch. Every profit we make goes straight into the next thing. And we've been so lucky that, Nearly everything we've released has made a little bit more money than it cost us. And, and, and so we've kind of been able to get bigger and bigger in the releases. And this was the most expensive release, you know, because it is a double vinyl, because um, it, 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 all of the costs involved, because it wasn't necessarily re-releasing something that had been out before, like maybe the MGM singles. Um, so we had to pay Christian. We had to pay the band. We had to pay Nesmith. Um, there's, we, al- there's also the logistics of, of doing that, not just the money, but actually getting hold of everybody yep. and actually making sure they oh, get paid. And, the band was yeah. a nightmare. <laughs> no, they're really good. They're really good. But um, yeah, just, just tracking them down and, and actually getting you know emails written and you know, the right papers sent back. And uh, um, But we got there in the end, thankfully. Well, and then on top of it, Something that 7A is known for, the value adds that you get with each release. And for you know, for those who may not understand what I'm talking about, you're talking about the things like the embossed things, the booklets, the just the care and extra love, the art direction. Oh, the, the embossed, honestly, the embossed stuff. I know it feels like a little thing, 
uh, it does put up the album, every album and every CD, the cost it, for us is significantly more simply by having it embossed. Uh, having the colored vinyl makes it more expensive for us. But that is not an expense that we pass on when we sell it. We don't go, right, well, it's going to cost us like $1.50 more to make it because of the embossed and the color. So we'll up our price. We keep our price the same. And the reason there are such variations of the prices that you guys can buy it for online is because we sell it for a set fee. Everyone, Amazon, Deep Discount, all of these record stores, they buy it from us for the same price. Um, and then they set their own price, you know, so it's them that are marking it up. Um, and, and we constantly, if you check out facebook.com slash 7A Records, we are, Glenn and I are constantly looking and people are telling us the cheapest places to buy our products. And we will list those places. We will, we will put them on Facebook. We will do mail out saying, hey, look, you can get it for $5 cheaper here than you can from there. And um, because... It makes no difference to us what what you pay for it in the shop. We, we, we've made our money, you know. So we want you guys to get it for the cheapest possible price. So that's another good reason to follow Seven A on the social medias. We want to tell people where they can do that. Uh, yeah, Facebook.com/slash Seven A Records, and it's seven as in a number seven. Uh, there's at Seven A Records on Twitter, but I've not been on there for ages because I got locked out of there as well. I need to I need to try and find out what the password is. Um, and also, if you go to 7arecords.com, that's a number seven. That's a cool little website we've got. It's got all of our previous releases on there. And somewhere on there, there is a button uh, that you can click on it and add, enter your email, and you'll be signed up for our mailing address. And we email everyone before we post it on um, Facebook, before we tweet it, before we come to you guys at Zilch and, and, and Monkey's Almanac. Uh, we send an email out first. So if you want to get um, uh, the, the, all the information and the links first sign up to the email list. We've got about 500 people on that list, which is incredible, you know, for a little company like us. So it's definitely worth it to get a hold of, of the guys on the social media and, and get subscribed to their emails as well. You will know what's going on first and uh, where to get those bargains, right? Get the bargains, guys. Get the bargains. Absolutely. But this is great. You know, me and Glenn have, uh, uh, have um, been Monkeys fans for decades. And Glenn, this is, is it, this is such a thrill. Every release we do, it's like, wow, I can't believe this is happening. But this is such a thrill, isn't it, Glenn? This is, I think this is um, unbelievable. I mean, first, I mean, we did Michael Nesmith at the BBC, which was a really good album. I don't know if you heard that one. Yes, it was excellent. Yes, I did. It was great. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I might buy uh, another copy. But I was obviously a lot of that was do, done via the BBC, so, so to, to be able to actually work with Michael directly on this one was great. Now, Glenn, do you have a favorite song off this one? Uh, well, like you, I like uh, Grand Ennui, but my my favorite is probably um, Propinquity. What is it about this one that uh, that jumps out at you? Well, I think it's more emotional than I've ever heard him sing it before. Um, and I don't, I don't know whether it's because he's back to the same place that he used to play before he was in the Monkees, and it's, I don't know. There could be various reasons, but he seems to have um, sing it in a slightly different way, a more sort of emotional way. Just him and his twelve-string guitar. Well, please introduce it, sir. So here is Michael Nesmith and the First National Band Redox with Propinquity.
I've known for a long time the kind of girl you are. Of a smile that covers teardrops where your head yields to your heart. Of things you've kept inside that most girls could not bear. I've known you for a long time, but I've just begun to care. I've known of all the heartache, and I've known of all the pain. I've seen you when the sun shines, and I've seen you when it rains. I've seen you make a look of love from just an icy stare. I've known you for a long time, but I've just begun to care. But the image of you was not clear I guess I was standing too near And it's taken me a while Oh, but I have finally found What you are to me What you are to me is something we can share. I've known you for a long time, but I've just begun to care. Yes, I've known you for a long time, but I've just begun to care. You know, there's something special about this CD, and it's it's more than just the fact that you're getting this really kick-ass concert, but it's it's where it's at. It's the people that are there. The fact that Michael is with his children, you know, on stage with him. His sons are there playing with him. That's amazing. And then there's all the people who have waited all their lives to hear this finally, it's something that they never thought would happen, right? And that's almost how I look at almost every 7A release that's come out along the paths. Like, there's been stuff you've been doing with Davey and stuff doing with Mickey. And uh, we're waiting to do something with Peter, I'm sure, whenever that happens. But, uh, you know, hopefully that'll come to fruition. But it's just amazing that this this music, these songs off those first three FMB albums, we thought that we'd never hear them like this. And as a matter of fact, there's one point where you hear somebody say something like, I've waited 50 years for this, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I genuinely, without wanting to, you know, but, uh, this is my fan hat, not my salesman hat. I think this is a really, this is the most important historical release 
that 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 we Glenn and I have ever done. This is a proper historical record. This was a, this was a, a is a capturing of an evening that shouldn't have happened. That should, you know, the, 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 him going back to these songs fifty years later. That's crazy. But he did it. And uh, it was captured, and it, it's on a little bit of plastic, and you can listen to it forever. And um, yeah, you know, we've, we we have worked with Mickey, we have done stuff with Davy, and we'll talk about a little Davy release we've got coming up soon. Um, in terms of Peter, we've reached out to Peter several times. We've emailed, we've sent him a copy of everything that we've done, um, and I kind of get the the vibe that he doesn't want to work with us, which is a real, real shame, you know, because we would. It would be a thrill. We would do his back catalogue and his demos and his live stuff. We would do it a great service. But I get it. You know, he's got his own thing going with, um, is it CD Baby? I think he's your band camp. He's got his own thing going. And that's cool. And, you know, um, I, I, that's fine. But, yeah, we get the vibe that we probably won't be doing anything with him. But if, if but, I misread that vibe. We, um, we'll, we'll keep trying. Yeah. Love him. We'll keep trying. Well, you never know, right? I mean, there was a time if if I would have said, "Hey, guys, you're going to be doing something for Bobby Hart," you would have been, "No, that'll <laughs> never happen." But you put it out there, and it did. Yeah. And then if you said, "Hey, wouldn't it be something if we could get all these Mickey Dolan singles and put them out?" and guess what? It did happen. Yeah. And then wouldn't it be something if you could get into Davy Jones's stuff? And but you know, who knows where to even start? And lo and behold, it happened. So who knows? I had a tweet from Annabelle, Annabelle Jones, one of Davy's daughters, of course, the other day, because I'm into this. There's another podcast I've discovered, Ken, and I'm sorry. I'm seeing another podcast behind your back. <laughs> uh, That's okay. It's this podcast called Take It Away, and it basically it's all of the Paul McCartney solo stuff, and I'm going through a real McCartney trip at the moment. Same here, and I love that show. It's a great show, isn't it? And I reached out to those guys, and I said, guys, I really love the show. Do you want to come on? I do a radio show in the UK. Do you want to come on? And they did, and I was chatting to this guy, Ryan, who's one of the hosts. And then I had a, te a tweet from Annabelle saying, hey, Ian, just want to say thank you so much for what you're doing with my dad's music, and also um, enjoy speaking to Ryan, my boyfriend, tonight. And so Ryan, who does this, I said, I was going, what, you're going out with him? And I'd never spoken to Annabelle before. So it was such a, you know, a thrill to get a tweet from her. Um, but she's, so she's going out with this guy, Ryan, who does this show. And they're both coming over to the UK in September. And I think they're both going to come and sit in on my radio show. He's going to come in and review the new Paul McCartney album, Egypt Station. She's going to come in and talk about her music and, and I said, look, we don't have to mention your dad if we don't, if you don't want, you know, if you want to just talk about your music. But I think we might get a little bit of Davy chat in there as well. So, um, you know, and we get emails from time to time from the other daughters just saying, thanks so much. Great release. We love it. And they've all been really, really supportive, haven't they? Haven't they? You know, yeah. to get, get an email from one of Davy's daughters just saying, thanks a lot for the work you're doing. That's, that's it, man. That's the payment. That's, that's why we do it. Well, I don't know if you gentlemen got a chance to hear our interview with Sarah Jones from Along Came Jones yes. Media. She had very nice things to say about the both of you. No, no, oh, she's, you know she's, she's wonderful. One. She's wonderful, and 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 they all, you know, they all been so supportive. Which I was shocked you. because I know both of you. <laughs> I got a minute. <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> Uh, 
the the Jones sisters definitely love everything that you're doing, and uh, it is so fantastic to get the love back. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, why don't we take a few seconds here and talk about your work with Davy Jones and and his music? What's been going on? Glenn, tell, why don't you tell him what we've got coming up? Because we've got some really cool stuff. Well, we've got a very good. Uh, I mean, obviously, we've just released uh, Rainbow single, which I don't know if you've if you've had a chance to listen to. But in in June, we brought out a seven inch um, single by Davy Jones called Rainbows. Uh, and on the B side, it had uh, "You Don't Have to Be a Country Boy to Sing a Country Song," and um, I mean the story behind Rainbows. I don't know if you're aware that it came out originally, I think, in the early 1980s, um, as um, as a very limited pressing, almost like a private pressing. I think it was um, sold at a convention, at a Monkeys convention. And ever since then, it seems that Monkeys fans have been asking about this song. They haven't been able to track it down anywhere. And um, we finally got hold of Chip Douglas, who uh, not only wrote the song, but he also produced it uh, and also played all the instruments on it. And uh, he was very supportive, and we, we managed to do a deal with him. And um, it, it's, it's a great song. I don't know what you think, Ian. I think it's one of those great sort of lost, lost almost like a yeah, monkey classic. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It would, would sit on a monkey's album. It would sit on a – you know, it's it's one of those things that kind of – I guess, slipped through the cracks, you know, and, and uh, that's the weird thing about Davy's back catalogue. It's all scattered everywhere, even more so than Mickey's. Mickey's was a nightmare. You know, his 70s and 80s stuff was a nightmare to kind of get it all in one place. Davy's is even trickier, man, because he recorded for so many different labels. He did stuff on his own. He put out stuff on, on like Bandcamp that we're not totally sure if he actually owned the rights to. He kind of just, you know, he's a very headstrong guy and he goes, I did it, I'm putting it out. So, and, and there's a lot of his stuff is, um, is kind of in a, in, in a legal, legal is the wrong word, is, is in an ownership quagmire. We can't work out who owns what. And so we can't put certain stuff out until we've solved the puzzle of the Jones. It's like that TV show he did in the 80s, Puzzle Trail. you got to solve the puzzle to work out who owns what and what we can release. But, um, yeah, the, Ra- the Rainbows um, uh, uh, single was, is, you know, beautiful cover again by Scott. It, it's, it's, it's a stunning little record. Special love that we have found 
Drifting through the clouds up in the air You and I, we must be just the same We come and go like rainbows in rain They will go Like pebbles being washed along the sand If there's one thing that I'll always know We have the future right here in our hands Cause rainbows only happen when you're there Drifting through the clouds up in the air You and I, we must be just the same Come and go like rainbows in the rain Come and go like rainbows in the rain And it's the, single, the single has actually sold out now. We haven't got any left. Uh, we only did 500. And um, I think some stores might still have a bit of stock. There might still be a few copies on Amazon or deep discount but but once they're gone they're gone and can, uh, I, can i just explain why we do that because some people go hey it's really unfair that you only do 500 copies and um, well it, it, the, the reason is um 500 we're pretty likely to sell out okay a thousand and this is the the difference uh thousand, we wouldn't sell out a thousand We might sell out but we we probably wouldn't and if we don't sell out We lose money. We need to sell out to, to make back all the money we've spent. And I hate being the one to keep talking about money, but it's so important when it's just two blokes like us. We need to sell out to make all the money back and make a little bit of a profit to make the next thing. So if we did a thousand singles and we only sold 750, um, we would we'd lose money. It, you know, the margin it's, it's is just tough. it's just the fact that there aren't as many people that that buy vinyl singles as there are that buy vinyl LPs. That that's just a fact. Um, and that's why we have to think about it like that. So if we do a record that sells 500 and we sell out, that gets us a, a couple, you know, a hundred, a couple of hundred quid, which we can then put towards the next more expensive project, if that makes sense. So that, that that's me being all businessy and boring. Well, it's it's definitely a niche market, right? I mean, as a 45, it's more of a niche market. Yeah, is not as big as everyone you know is saying. Particularly not as big for a tiny indie label that can't afford advertising. But, uh, but, but we, we just wanted to mention, because the single is sold out now, and, and if you can, might still be able to get it in, in some shops, but then there wouldn't have very many left. But you can actually download the song now. Rainbows is on iTunes. It's on Spotify. It's on all the uh, sort of major Amazon and all the major sort of digital channels. We don't have the digital rights to the B-side. You don't have to be a country boy to sing a country song. But we do hope to um, to be able to include that song on a future CD. Excellent, excellent. Why don't we tell Ken about the Japanese releases we got coming out at some point? Do you want to start on one of them? Uh, um... Well, we've got the, the the two official David Jones Live in Japan LPs, um, and one was what, what they had they're slightly different titles, didn't they, Glenn? I can never remember. One was. 
Davey. Yeah, he, brought, he, he brought out two in Japan, and uh, Japan Records, and another one was a, a subsidiary of um, Warner's, I think it was. So we, we got the rights to both of them now. We managed to, to track down the, the master tape owners. And it turned out, actually, that Warner's were only the distributor in Japan. They weren't actually the, the owner at the time. So we managed to find the old tour promoter, and he's passed away now, but we managed to get hold of his family and source the masters from them. And uh, that was quite a long journey because um, they don't speak English. So it was all, we had a Japanese translator and we, <laughs> it was it, it was good fun, but we, we, we're really, really pleased to finally be able to have the tracks. And um, we've been sitting on them for a while trying to think, what can we do with them? Do we just want to do a straight reissue? But of course we don't. We want to make it as special as possible and we want to add as many bonus tracks as we can. And that is what we're working on at the moment. We've actually got the front cover done, haven't we, Ian? Yeah. Oh. Am I right? We're bringing this out because Glenn is, is 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 better at remembering stuff than me. We're doing a two LP set, aren't we, of both the albums? Is that is that right? Yes, that that is that is the initial plan that we're working on at the moment, uh, and uh, we we want to include something very special inside the cover, which we can't quite reveal yet, can we? Oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. We, oh. we got a we got a real treat that oh, will blow yeah. your mind. Oh, I can't wait to see what it is. It's a strand of Davy's actual hair that we're going to sellotape to the inside of every cover. You can wing your own monkey hair. This is not real. This is not real. This is not real. That was a joke. The other one we, we, we've got is, is Mickey, Mickey Dolan's Live in Japan. Um, and again, this was in the early 80s when, when he was touring there. And he had a single out in Japan, To Be or Not To Be. And he did a whole tour. And um, again, we managed to track down the, the master tape owners um, from, from, that, from that tour. And we have released a single, as you know, in the past um, that we brought out a while ago. You, uh, My Sunny Girlfriend. It's called Sunny Girlfriend and... What was the B-side, Ian? Zor and Zam. Yeah, That's Zor right. And, and um, that was just like a, a taster of uh, what is well, to come. Fantastic. And again, one of the reasons why it's taken us a while to bring this out is that there's been these other projects that keep coming up all the time. Like suddenly, uh, First National Band Redux, we didn't expect that to happen. But because they played in January, we thought we have to bring it out this year. Um, so sometimes other things suddenly take priorities and you have to. Plus uh, now FNBR has an album to tour on. That's right. Yeah. Touring our album. That's, that's hilarious, isn't it? What a strange old world. So there's a lot of stuff coming up. I, can I also just say we're doing, we, we, we've done a couple of non monkeys releases. Glenn released, um, over here in the 70s, a big TV show called Dick Turpin, and Glenn released a, a coloured vinyl of the theme tune to that that did really well. And also the, the kind of project I'm pushing, that we're both doing it, is a CD of this um, uh, singer-songwriter from New York called Imani Coppola. Some of you will remember the hit she had in the late 90s, Legend of a Cowgirl. She is my favourite, favourite artist. I love her. I think she's a genius. And we're putting out an album later in the year called Unsung, which is kind of a best of. It's it's kind of, I've been, I just picked all my favourite tracks off of her albums and we've put them together and it's it's absolutely stunning. And I've got a feeling that some of you Monkeys fans might dig that as well. She's an absolutely incredible singer and uh, I'm really pleased to be able to include her on our label. 
it's going to be our well our first real uh, nun monkeys related release and, if you want to check her uh, out guys go onto youtube imani coppola raindrops from the sun and you tell me of um you know it, it, that is a great pop song and that's the kind of vibe that's going to be on the record but anyway i just thought let you know our little side projects Well, yeah, it's going to be interesting. So we, at the moment, that's going to be mid-September that we're planning to release Imani Couple on CD. And, um, well, stay tuned. We, we, we'll give you the information as soon as we have more. And then I think, I, you know, I, I did a post about this and people accused me of being a drama queen and, and it really wasn't meant to be like that. But then I, I'm kind of, there's a lot going on for me in my life and a lot of changes happening. So I'm kind of feeling at the moment, although it may, you know, I might change my opinion tomorrow because I'm nuts. But I am um, probably going to have a little rest from doing all of this stuff, the 7A stuff, um, for a little while um and then me and glenn will have a chat about whether we continue whether i continue whether i just don't know and i don't want it to be like a big melodramatic kind of thing but you know i'm going through a divorce and house and all of this kind of stuff and um it, it I, i've not been able to give 7a records as much time in the last six months as i've wanted to and it's kind of been it's been a little bit stressful so we'll we'll see what happens man we'll see we'll see what happens very good. Well, we look forward to whatever comes from 7A. It's been a fantastic experiment, a fantastic growth of, of this company. And it's it's just been exciting to see every release that's come. And, you know, I was looking at the FNB Redux CD, and there's that page that's got all your releases on it, right? Oh, yeah. There's, and, uh, you know, most of that stuff you can still get. The Bobby Hart CD, you can uh, you can get. The MGM, Mickey's MGMs out of nowhere. You, that's all out there, man. I think, I, I think I've only, we only put the ones on there that, are, that you can still get. So there are actually quite a few more mm-hmm. that um, we've had more releases than that, but obviously not available anymore. They're limited editions. Right. Do you remember back in the old days you'd like get a, an album and the, the sleeve that the, yes, the record would come right. in on the inside and like i didn't know like over here it was capital records for the beatles right 
So yeah. I would look at not knowing who these people were, even as a little kid of like four <laughs> and five, I'd read these things and like, well, I wonder if they sound like the Beatles, right? And there's Jackie Gleason. I know he doesn't yeah, sound yeah. like the Beatles, but <laughs> they were on the same thing. But it, it was great to see all the works laid out. You guys should really do stuff with that as far as uh, promoting, because I know when I saw that image, it just it just took me back to being a kid. While the record's playing, I'm looking at all these other albums going, oh, I'd like I'd like to get that one. We certainly oh. hope that the fans will check out the other titles that we have released if they if they haven't already got them. But, Ken, that's part of our philosophy. That's why we try and add as much to the covers as we can, because exactly what you said there. I remember being a kid, and when you were a kid, you'd put a record on, and you would sit there, and you would listen to the record. And what were you going to look at? Well, you'd look at the sleeve, and you'd pour over the sleeve for... I don't know, secrets or clues or, you know, codes or anything. And that's why we try and put as much as we can onto the covers. So the whole package is, is a work of art. Well, they, they definitely are. Each one it stands on its own. It has been thrilling to see every release come from you guys. I'm not just shining, you know, up your skirt. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling you how I really feel. I really enjoy what you guys have done for the fans. And I always tell people it's for fans by fans. And Ken, we, we Ken, just to say, we can't thank you and uh, the rest of the team enough for uh, all your help and um, support and everything you've done for us. Thank you well, so much. This, this show is your show as far as I'm concerned. Uh, as a matter of fact, we want to do something where we get Dr. Sarah's uh, 7A record party where we just play uh, all of, something from every 7A release. I think that would be fun. That would be Dude, great. We're in. We're there. All right. Ken, just very very briefly, uh, if I can just mention, I, I, we, we had something quite incredible come through the other day for the Mickey Dolan's Live in Japan album. And I think, Ian, I think we can mention this now, can't we? That yes. We got, we got some very special bonus tracks. And one of them, I, I think I've sent you a snippet of, is the uh, the long lost "I'm Your Man," which is the oh. song that Mickey performed in Japan at the 1978 World Popular Song, Con song Con Contest in Tokyo. I'm your man if you want me. I'm your man if you need me. <laughs> and tracking tracking this this one down was really difficult. Really, really difficult. It was like solving a mystery. It was great fun, this one. And then clearing the rights to it afterwards was slightly tricky as well. Yeah, that wasn't uh, so. But uh, we got there in the end, and um, we hope fans will like it. Uh, it's one of those. You've seen it on YouTube. There's only about one minute 30 on YouTube. It's terrible quality. But here is the real thing, straight from the master tapes. I'm a girl.
is excellent. Thank you for sending that along to us. That's going to be part of something you're going to be able to own. A part of Monkey's history that just was lost forever. And you guys are kind of like uh, monkeyologists, right? you just uh, <laughs> out there trying to find these rare lost things that have been lost to time, and you're bringing them back. It's a, it's a slightly less dubious name, Monkeyologists, than that, the name of that brilliant tribute band, The Monkey Files. That's, uh, <laughs> they, they, they <laughs> that one's kind of scary. Great band, but that, and I know Mickey came up with the name, but that's a little bit <laughs> close to the knuckle. The Monkey yeah. Files. Yeah, that's kind of scary. I love those guys, though. They're good. So any, any clues you can give us as to what might be coming that, that you can't talk about i just i'm just kicking that door open a little bit no that's it man we've 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 i think we've given you everything we've the, the davy in japan the mickey in japan the amani I, I i think that's it you know we we haven't got anything else secretly lined up um, that's it that, that's it we, we have got a couple of ideas but there's nothing that we can we can kind of give you because we um we have to get these three out first oh fantastic Monkeyologists, it's kind of like you guys are running around in Indiana Jones gear with the hat and the, the whip and Ian's jumping off things and Oh I've got a whip. Don't <laughs> worry about that. Ooh. Huh? Oh huh? hot. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Well guys, I, I wanna just just before we go, I wanna say yeah. thank you for coming on. Thank you for this brand new FMBR release. It's fantastic. Like Michael Nesmus says. It's one of the best things he's ever done, maybe his favorite thing that he's ever done. And this is absolutely fantastic. Thank you for being on Zilch today. Thank you for being part of Zilch. Love and you, man. We'll see you all on the next episode. Say goodbye, guys. Thank you, thank, Ken. Thank you, thank, everybody at Zilch. Thank you, dear listener. Thank right. you, Ken, and thanks, thanks so much to everybody. Thank you. Guys, I'd like to close out this episode with one of my favorite 7A releases. This is Mickey Dolans with the classic song, Since I Fell For You. From Out of Nowhere with Mickey Dolan's another fine 7A release. Get it while you can. This is an excellent one. You can order this one now at Amazon or Deep Discount DVD or wherever fine albums are sold. We'll see you all in the next episode of Zilch. All right, be good. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Yep. My parents were both in show business. My mother and my father, actors, singers. My father sang light opera back in the 50s swashbuckling kind of thing. Uh, he sang things, well, you know what light opera is, but he would sing things like, Some enchanted evening You may see a stranger <laughs> But he would sing it walking around the living room in his underwear. <laughs> oh, Dad, that is so gross. And my mom was a singer. She sang in the big band era and, and sang, uh, you know, stuff back then like Billie Holiday and things like that. I'm going to do a song for you now that I remember from my childhood. Uh, I think I even learned it in the womb. I actually do have some prenatal work coming out on ultrasound. It's for sale in the merch table. Let me hear that. <laughs> When you just give love And never get love You better let love 
Monkeys fans come in all shapes and sizes, and religions, all genders, races, all political beliefs, all ages, and all ethnicities, and all sexual orientations. Their favorite song might be Auntie's Municipal Court, or they might wake up every morning to The Day We Fall in Love. They might have watched the show in the 60s, or they might have discovered the monkeys just last week. All fans are welcome at Zilch Nation, as long as they're welcoming to their fellow fans in return. I'm Tim Powers, part of the Zilch staff, and I'm too busy to put anybody down. And that's our show. Zilch is an online nonprofit monkeys audio fanzine made by fans for fans. Any samples of music or interviews heard remain property of their owners. We are not related to the monkeys or any of their members past or present. We are not affiliated with Rhino or Ray Bird. If you hear anything you like from the band, go on Amazon or iTunes and buy it. If you enjoyed the show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm your announcer, Chelsea Epstein, saying always take some time to monkey around. That's, uh, that's what it's all about. Yeah. It's pretty scary. You know what's even more scary? What? You can't say on television. We're ready. Take one. Hello, this is BJ Kahuna from Rock and or Roll and Cheap Talk, and I am against racism and discrimination of any kind. And the sky is blue. It seems kind of obvious, doesn't it? Oh, God, it's... We need to treat each other better in this world, don't we, BJ? I'm against the racism. (laughs) Well, you are. I am too. But the thing is is that there there are people, there may be people right now listening who think nothing of painting a swastika on the side of someone's house or in their driveway or maybe Yeah, I understand what got you so upset was what happened to Gary's parents, which is just completely disturbing and horrifying that they would be subjected to that, to have to walk up to their front door and see that. It is just, it does make you want to do something. I understand that. So the thing we're doing today is not a political thing. The thing we're doing today is a human thing. It's a human decency thing. Be kind to one another. More love, less war, less hate. Treat one another right. We don't think it's cool, do we, BJ? No. Take two. We are Podcasters United. We are podcasters against hate, racism, and discrimination. We're using our voices to say no more.
No more hate. No more racism. No more discrimination. I am Ken Mills from Cheap Talk. I am against racism. I am against discrimination. I am against hate. This is BJ Kahuna from Cheap Talk, and I am against racism and discrimination of any kind. Remember, if you see something, say something. Podcasters Against Hate. More love, less hate.